Welcome back guys, another week, two and a half gays, we're back at it again, new episode, your favourite gay pop culture podcast where we discuss everything from Kanye West to NDZ, so I'm Jamal, I'm Theo, I'm Marvin, and this is two and a half gays, welcome everyone, yeah, what a week it's been, yeah it's been... Quite an experience, <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah, lots has happened in the world. I think we're um, we're slowly coping um, and seem to be kind of like managing a bit better. But um, Marvin, what do you have? What has been your thoughts um, about lockdown? Oh, that shit! We in the shit hole. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a circus. What annoys me is the fact that people are legit living their lives in the rest of the world. And we're stuck here, <laughs> not seeing the outside world for a hundred plus days. And people are legit just going out, making out with random folks. Well, I understand it's not advisable because of Rona still. doesn't mean I'm any less jealous. Yeah, I think that's kind of the frustrating thing is now... Um, Everyone else had their three months um, and everything, like, they had lockdown, they were in a good three, four months and then they're done. We still out here, month four, going on to month five and um, we still haven't even reached our peak yet, so we're still going to be in this for another three or four months, so um, essentially for the whole of South Africa, 2020 is a (laughs) write-off. Um... so, yeah, it's just a really weird situation to be in. No, I hate it. Honestly. Please just ignore the motorbike in the background. We do actually live in an apartment complex, so... <laughs> 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 that does happen sometimes. So please, please don't at me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try not to add us. We're, we're getting better, but it's still a, a work in progress, guys. But if you do want to sponsor the studio, my DMs are open. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and equipment too. My yeah. two won't say no. We, we appreciate it. We're on episode five and we're just, we're winging it and we're having a lot of fun. So, yeah. Speaking of winging, um, so this whole entanglement mess with Jada and Will and August, my God. So, uh, did we talk about it? Was entanglement happening last time? No, it wasn't. Was it? We sp- we a tangled that just dropped. I think that like maybe like the day after, or like it had started, but you weren't really. Did we talk about it on the podcast? But no, know. not not Miss Jada and the entanglement itself. Okay, so. so for those who don't know, August dropped a bomb. August Alcina dropped a bomb a few weeks ago on on all people Angela Yee's podcast. Ugh, that woman and the Breakfast Club. Totally different topic for a different day. Um, anyway, said he dated Jada for a while, got Will's, um, approval. approval, people were shook, well, let me rephrase that, cis heads were shook, the queers were like, but they said they were open, and why is this an issue? Anyway, fast forward, many meetings, a crisis manager, a strategy later, we get the red where Jada brought herself to the red table too. <laughs> yeah. And we expected her to do that actually. I didn't. I expected her Did to stay quiet too? and just let 
Yeah, today this fall over. Yeah. Uh. So Jada brought herself to the red table talk with Will and then through a well-calculated discussion of all of 10 minutes, Jada introduced this to the world of entanglement. Yeah, wait, let me actually, it's like a, a cute little... Um, the full thing is about like I think nine minutes or ten minutes. Thirteen minutes altogether. Okay, but this is like just a few seconds. Um, let's just think clearly what happened. As far as what? You and I decided we were going to take our space, and what happened? Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was that, the entanglement, that kind of got us all because Will's reaction was essentially all of our reaction. Entanglement? <laughs> and, like, it was fun. We were all kikiing and having fun. But on the other side, Jada also needs to stop playing therapist. She's not qualified to do this. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how we got here that Jada just, we're just accepting Jada, giving, using yeah. a lot of words and saying a lot of nothing. And giving a lot of advice. And like, mm. because when you really watch that video, the, the Red Table Talk, Jada low-key admits to taking advantage of August because August was in a fragile space and you should never, as someone's counsellor or someone in a position of power, land up in a situation where feelings or sex get involved and that she got there somehow, but she takes... Dolora responsibility for what she did. She basically reduced the relationship to August to an entanglement. Are you saying that because she's powerful, she used him? No, power dynamics. Yeah, it's... It's a power dynamic thing. We so. don't, I don't necessarily think... Um, I think it's how the whole... How they framed the whole situation. Because Jada said, oh, at a time... Um, August was really weak. He came to us and she made it seem like he was this broken man that kind of like needed fixing. She even like spoke about it like, oh, she has a thing for like broken people. And, and that was like a thing of, um, it was, it was a codependency, I think she said. And then and basically Jada said she used him to fix herself. And then when she was finished with him, she was like, okay, cool. Thank you for that nice tea and a good time. Yeah, I'm, going good back to my, I'm going back to my man now. Cheers. And then forgot to give August the NDA, hence we are here entangled. Um, and then August subsequently on Sunday, when this report that would be on Sunday, dropped a whole entanglement song with Rick Ross that no one asked for, took all the fun out of this word now, and I'm like, ugh. So but it's pretty clever. It's like, it's a clever word. It's clever, word, but, but like, <laughs> so it meant take all the fun out of everything. Like, we were having so much fun. And like, you had to go be that person. Like, nigga, we know you're hurt. Like, deal with it. Mm. Like, stop coming. Why are you telling us, though? Like, why, why are we the patrons of all this information? But then again, to be fair, he did drop the bomb. So we wouldn't be here without him having Because Jada was lazy and messy. <laughs> and didn't, like, NDA people up. Get people, like, even if you love that person. I go, let them sign an NDA so you can shut their mouths when you know. Especially if you know this is only... Like Drake, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, you know, I. Like, girl. Yeah, I think babes, it's, I, it's a, it is very much a thing of when you're kind of in that situation or like that famous, it makes perfect sense, like, why you would have an NDA in place. So mm-hmm. I think, I think we almost like expected at this point when you reach that level of fame and notoriety, um, 
it's kind of like NDAs are expected because there's so much like about your life that you obviously want to keep for yourself and being in the spotlight you have to fight for your privacy mm. sometimes so um, yeah like honestly like um, again it's a surprising thing is the fact that there wasn't an NDA like even be like remember when we had the um, Beyonce Tiffany Haddish thing where she spoiled and then like Beyonce no you see Tiffany didn't respect the unspoken Beyonce contract (laughs) and keep your mouth shut yeah because once you're in the presence of the queen you keep your mouth the fuck shut but also Beyonce in the A's are no joke so um, we know this via via someone that like it's multiple documents yeah it's a pile of paperwork you have to sign yeah so um, so that kind of also then (laughs) makes sense um, but yeah, it's like, I think that, this, yeah, he should have signed an NDA or she should have like thought that for it. And I know it might come across as offensive, but listen, when I'm trying to protect my privacy, um, I, I, even I, like, I don't, I wouldn't see an issue in signing one if I'm like, if we at that level of fame and all of a sudden I'm being in your circles and seeing things and being exposed to things that like. Yes, it's a thing of like you want to trust someone, but... No, if I was in his predicament and I was a journalist, I wouldn't have fucked signed that in the A. I would have seen... <laughs> but like his feelings... He's a singer, he's a singer. But if I was a journalist and not a singer, I wouldn't sign that in the A. I would have ran to the newspapers and said, this is what I saw, this I think, is what... I think none of us would have signed that in the A. But then again, I don't know, it depends on feelings... It's really, there's a lot of great area in feelings yeah, but involved. also like, again, someone. this... One of Jada's did just yet again showed how heterosexual slash heteronormative relationships are prison. Like the end of the they literally ended the segment saying bad marriage for life. life. Yeah. First bump. I like Yeah, what? like what was that about? It sounds so It's toxic man. It's so toxic. Why are we saying bad marriage for life? And now we back like everything's fine, you know. Divorce is fine like guys. Like you can leave. But also the reason they, they're not going to divorce is because unfortunately their brands, when you're, brand, when you're that famous and your brand, I'm looking at you Beyonce, the brands are so intertwined, you can't, they can't leave each other because the one can't exist without the other one. So they have to stick in this marriage even though they might not like, his, like each other, i.e. almost every couple in lockdown, um, one that's left. Go ahead. I've explain people's relationships you just see on, um, I saw like on Twitter at the even at the start of lockdown, like two months in, someone said, yeah, hey, lockdown has came my relationship because it's not really working, not seeing this person and we just started dating. So that was like a... Or the other show. way around, like as abortion, <laughs> I'll never forget it. We, we, had, we chatted to abortion, like when we were at the beginning of lockdown about relationships. I've been the podcast. Uh, as you said, yeah, no, people realize they're dating people they don't like. And I... <laughs> And that's the thing, like, when you live with someone, like, 24 hours, because this is not, like, normal living together situation. Like, I think a normal living together situation is one thing. But now you're living together, you work in the same, same room, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You can't see your friends, nothing. You're just in each other's faces all day and night. I remember, um, at the start of lockdown, someone said... I've been married to my husband for like a few years, but I never spent this much time with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that was also the thing. It's like my bestie, uh, my bestie's parents, I think they've been married for now 
40 plus years but she like um even she was saying um my bestie's mom was like yeah I, this is the most amount of time consecutively i've spent with my husband because like a is either busy or um because you don't actually really see the person that you married to um all day every day there's hours that they're away because they're working for eight hours a day or you they're away for a weekend or they're going overseas or traveling here or there or for some odd reason then like on just and just our lives inherently we have our own things and yes we we're with people but we also our own individuals so i think with lockdown forcing people to um kind of be in each other's spaces all day every day for like months at a time it really just forces people to reevaluate. Um, and I know in other countries, the divorce rate actually spiked up because of um, once lockdown ended, the divorce rate the divorce rate um, spiked because of how people realize it to people they don't like. Yeah, people realize <laughs> I'm the, you're not the one for me. So yeah, uh, uh, uh. yeah, no, it's just ugh, I hate it, I hate this asking. But anyway, as I was saying. It's just, again, like, this whole, the Red Table Talk thing was a whole, it was, if you're not a dum-dum, you will have noticed it was just a clever PR spin. Because what happened? The entire narrative shifted. Yeah. Because initially when this entanglement bullshit started, August was seen as the victim, yeah. Jada and Will was seen as these um, people who preyed on a young man. That was the initial narrative. Yeah. Um, because also initially they denied it. Don't know why when there were like five minute pictures of all of them together. Um, then essentially this red table talk shifted the entire narrative where if you actually if you watch the 13 minutes, they never address August directly. Yeah. Um, and they spend like a cute two minutes addressing it and then like the situation, shift the focus yeah. on their marriage. Yeah. Basically the marriage involved and yeah, um, basically to life partnership yeah shift and basically shifted the whole narrative and while the song is cute the ship has sailed girl like we've already decided you are an entanglement go be a side over there um so it's yeah it worked i don't think what are they going to respond they're going to respond again after this like august must have his fun with the song is clouty song for one day and yeah no enjoy girl that's all you're gonna get yeah, but like, um, so we haven't listened to his music, man, was like very talented in, in his own right um, before all of this. And obviously, I think he'll continue to stay in the lane that um, has kind of like led him to and music. And so, um, yeah, it's be happy for him. May he prosper in um, his career. But it's just like, a, again, it's like, it's almost very difficult to reshape how you're perceived in the media when... Babes, you're aside, an entanglement, when, yeah, that's what you are now. That was, <laughs> that was like how the narrative shifted and the role you became and this is now your part in all of this and you just have to accept your part in all of this because it was decided by just like... Clever word manipulation yeah. and clever word play. We're not talking about Jada possibly being... Um, in I won't say the P word, but being in an uh, authoritative position and taking advantage of a younger man, you've turned, you've gone from being a victim to an entanglement. It's all very, it's calculated. That's it was very plot 
very smart how they played it, especially kind of in bringing in the Red Table Talk, which is Jada's show, and kind of her doing that because it was a brilliant business move. And also the thing of um, how instant it was because it dropped and it became a global conversation because even like um, kind of like people elsewhere, um, like everyone was having the same conversation at the same time. And it also just speaks to this whole thing of like globalization that we kind of live in this global village of something happens now and then we want to and then immediately all on the same page we get it it was what kind of made watching game of thrones i think so really interesting it was like everyone was having the same conversation every week that it dropped so um i think that just kind of like really dope and it's really it's always kind of like trippy because you you feel that we're all maybe in the same in the same place but we're not because we're really across the globe when we're having these conversations. But um, speaking of kind of like global village was the, and this instant thing. Um, so there was, we spoke in the previous podcast about Beyonce and Black is, Black is King and about it not showing in Africa, but um, Jamal has news on that front. Well, by the time y'all listen to this old news, but anyway... <laughs> Um, so Blackest Thing will be available in Africa like Mama Tina told us but y'all didn't listen again y- y- you people that had all the thing pieces for 40 second trailer I did not see a single person apologize say something y'all were very quiet when the news dropped that the the movie was going to be available in Africa when you were very loud and wrong the other day and then it became <laughs> silence I did not see a single thing piece or, uh, you know, an essay explaining something. Y'all were very quiet when we told y'all, wait and see. Mm, serves you right. <laughs> Choke on it. Um, so it's coming the 31st on Disney Plus Bats. However, comma. For you poor peasants that rely on multi choice, it will only be available on Emmet on August 1st at 8 pm. So, I threw out a couple of warnings, so the news just broke as we're filming this podcast. So just FYI, this will probably be out before Blackest King drops. Please, I'm telling you now, mute me, mute the hashtag. I, me, she, her, we are not waiting for the 1st of August. Not when Blackest King will be available. Wait for whomst? For what? Will be available on Beyonce's internet on the 31st. Beyonce told me, be there, my child, on the 31st, and I'm going to be there. Because <laughs> Beyonce told me. So if you unfortunately are a stepchild or cousin that doesn't have access to Beyonce's internet, shame. Um, <laughs> also want to say, if you think that any, that myself and Marvin um, won't be watching this, you also have to be um, kind of like, but out of, out of your mind. Um, just because when you live with someone as heavy of a um, BI member as Jamal, we can't not <laughs> be on the same page because we girl will come out and say, I'm ready to talk and we can't just be sitting here not talking and not being part of the conversation. So um, sometimes we just, it's just a thing of we get on board, we're on the same page and we keep it moving. So please, on the 31st, mute me, mute the hashtag because I will be posting spoilers. Me and the rest of the hive. And that's the thing that frustrates me about like when it comes to South Africa and these global things. The only people who've gotten it right so far is Netflix. 
Netflix got it right with Homecoming. Yeah. We were all watching on the same day at the same time across the globe. We could all kiki together, have a good time. Now you want to make people wait 24 hours. Are you just... What actual Hive member is waiting for 24... Beyonce said the 31st <laughs> of July. Now you want to come with 1st of... We'll land in Africa on 1st of August. What? <laughs> Who? Me. I miss me. And I have DSTV now and all that. Well, thanks to my dad's subscription. <laughs> Best to believe I will not be waiting because Beyonce called me. I'm like, no, and that's my biggest gripe sometimes when it comes to these international events. It's like, everyone has access. Okay, wait. Everyone that. Ca- if you are a millennial and you have. Uh, and you're privileged enough to have access. Significant access to the internet. You can watch anything at any time. And uh-huh. it persuades me sometimes to, like, I spoke to. Uh, I can't even say this, but I was requesting, inquiring about a TV show. Um, which was airing here, well, not airing here, airing on a certain channel. And then when I asked, are we getting it? I got a, it's not on the list yet. And I'm like, Kiki, I'm not waiting. This show is available, i.e. Legendary. I'm talking about Legendary, by the way. Legendary drops on a Wednesday. I'll be watching, let me drop a Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday. The Wednesday. Legendary dropped on a Wednesday. I'm watching with the rest of the girls on the Thursday. Me, I am not waiting. It's like the Drag Race UK thing. Where they dropped it a year later, where I got asked, Oh, are you excited for UK's drag race? I'm like, No, I watched it last year with everyone else. I'm like, Why would I wait? Do you know the gays? They don't care. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's also a thing like it doesn't make sense, especially now. Um, it's already kind of like always been happening, but like Netflix even compounded the, the situation even more so. But the fact that when Something is kind of happening on the internet or people talking about a show. You can't expect like so much of us to kind of like not then participate in it because that's really weird, especially if kind of that's where your interest lies and that's part of kind of like your interest inter- intersects. <clears throat> Sorry, that's where like part of your interest intersects with kind of like the bigger part of the kind of like what people are watching. So yeah, it's, it's just this really weird thing of like, we can't be having this conversation a week later or like a year later. A day later, babes. Like 24 it's, hours. It's just like, Ooh, who yeah. is waiting 24 hours for, wow, it, the nerve, the car. Marvin, like imagine the absolute, Carly Rae Jepsen said, insult. oh guys, oh. I have a, a surprise like docu, docu-movie dropping. I don't wait. wait. <laughs> I now, don't Now wait. you have to wait all. Two months until Emnet says, "Oh, we get <laughs> Is Emnet still a thing? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> Does it still have open time? No, no. no, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, so no. I'm just like it, it frustrates me on so many levels because there's a lot of shows I would love to write about, but now there's a delay of a month or two. By that time, I'm like, Kiki, I really watched this." With the other people, I've lost interest now. I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's, a, it's very weird, especially, I think, more so for Jamal when you kind of... Mm. And also for myself, like, we sometimes, if I'm really motivated to write something and I'm really passionate about or a TV show or movie I've watched, then I'll kind of, I'll write a review and kind of get to put it up. But even more so for Jamal because, like, this is kind of so much of what he breathes and loves, loves in, kind of. So it's like, you, we can't wonder now... We're motivated to write this now. We're inspired to do this now. 
and then you want to come to us like six months down the line like oh hey this exciting thing is coming and you're like i've already watched it i've moved on this is not a part of my life anymore like if a second season comes great i'll watch it but otherwise peace out the boys is still not available on any of the was the boys available on show max eventually i'm not sure i haven't seen it on show max anywhere i think it was available no sorry it's available on amazon because i think we have access to amazon so people are playing no we don't don't we no i tried and there's nothing okay so people but are playing yeah, games it's available and I, on amazon so it's again i can't it's also it's the digital divide we disney disney and i hope you're listening can you stop being so i know we are a very small percentage but like I can't even now write about the Mandalorian, which we all finished because yeah. it aired. Uh, because you are holding Disney Plus captive, and I understand it's because of a rights issue. Because yeah, you and Multi Choice have a long-standing contract, contract and arrangement. So those rights have to lapse. But yeah, you could have renegotiated something because now look at this mess. You you had to renegotiate for Beyonce, just because of this lack of taking Africa seriously. Yeah. It is this really kind of weird situation to be in because I know um, the Jack Ryan show that is on Amazon, I've watched the first two seasons of the show and it's not locally available anywhere. And like, it's this weird thing of like, I've, we also all watched the season one of The Mandalorian. Is it available? Does it, is Disney Plus here? No. Because, but like the memes were all over Facebook, we were all sharing it. The timeline bullied us. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's also another thing. Like the timeline bullying you into watching shows and bullying you into kind of like, because even if you mute stuff, sometimes someone will then use asterisks and it will slip, and it's just you have to be like. And sometimes spoilers will, will pop up, and someone people will share memes, and you're like, "Flip, I haven't seen this episode, but there's already a meme about it." So. There's just so many kind of like ways that spoilers will kind of come to you and it's, it's like you can, on the, on the other hand, you can also do a thing of waiting until you forget about the show entirely and then like maybe pick it up, but then the, like you're kind of talking about it in a silo and that in some ways diminishes some of the enjoyment, in some ways it can benefit it, but it just depends on what type of person you are, but it's just, yeah, Marvin, you now watching Six in the City like a whole but later, but you just sparked it out of interest. Like, how does it feel now watching it when... two tickets later now. Yeah, like... Yes. Fuck it. How does it feel now watching it now when, when people are, like... Moved on. Not necessarily no, moved on, but, like, they're not talking about it to the level as much. It feels weird, because things have changed so much. Like, they, they're very problematic in the show, to be honest with you. Extremely problematic. Very transphobic also. Low-key racist, but okay, I think it wasn't that time, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Right? Upper-class white woman, I wouldn't expect anything. <laughs> uh, Willem is actually, she made an appearance a couple of times on that show. That's when they were still casting drag queens as trans women. Yes, you told me last yes. week, or two weeks ago. Oh, I wasn't yeah. drunk enough then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's just, I'm just annoyed, like, ugh. Imagine waiting, wow. Yeah. And there's so many kind of like stresses that we kind of have to deal with in the whole media landscape of just, aside of just the watching things now 
it's also on the flip side like the media industry itself that's now the I ghetto think, yeah hey we put me in the ghetto we like a white rhino almost going extinct <laughs> literally <laughs> like uh, if you guys don't know prime media also recently announced that they are doing 189 and prime media are... is like a media house that owns um responsible for like cape talk the um Okay, KFM um 94.7 high felt and then um I don't know what the talk radio is in Kha- 702 yeah 702 um and also EWN which is Eyewitness News so they also kind of fall under that so it's just a whole thing of the companies kind of facing um mass mass retrenchments and it's also even globally like looking at um box news like or they box so yeah they also having kind of like entrenchments at the moment so um and not even like a few months i think a few weeks ago we spoke about it about the magazine industry that's also it's in africa um the glamour fell away not glamour glamour still here but sorry glam- sorry Woo! wow you're going to get attacked so glam- glamour's <laughs> fine it was the um, cosmopolitan sorry cosmopolitan no longer exist um men's health is now also going away women's health women's health um dramas moving to online only there's a bunch of other other magazines too but basically the, the essentially the glossies for the most part are gone yeah so it was like a massive bloodbath and um the media industry is all taking quite a knock as a result of covid-19 and Um, we were we were taking a knock for years before, but COVID nineteen has again just also made the situation worse. So basically, what the, I don't know, someone said on Twitter. Basically, all that happened is the digital revolution has been very slow in South Africa. What Ms. Coco did was act as a catalyst and force people with the swiftness, and this is for both media and retail, force people into moving to digital because they have no other choice or else they won't survive. So if you weren't there. before coco hit trying to catch up now good luck because it is not easy it is not if you yeah basically if you haven't started yet and you try to start doing miss coco crawl you in danger like just and at uh, yeah no but it's sad because like a lot of our friends in the industry like lost jobs doing this whole thing and it's it's just like it's not only do you have to not deal with the global pandemic you have to de- deal with the fear of your industry basically self destructing not no the yeah. question becomes you know to what extent does our industry have to adjust with times i mean we put digital first we told people stories online but now where else do we go we can't do anything else where else do they want us to go Oh, I don't know. I don't run it. It's a bunch of boomers and boomers <laughs> making choices but, for millennials. And but you don't understand where I'm going with this. It's like the same with Radio 702. I mean, if you look at the history of Radio 702 and, you know, the phenomenal the journalists that came out of the... For example, years and years ago, they're the ones that covered, you know, the disappearance of baby Michaela, a toddler who went missing in Hillbrow. and those were the journalists that actually went with the microphones to the clinics and went to go and ask the clinics listen here where is this child did you have security footage yes or no and that time obviously because social development was 
in a rut because we ushered in a new millennium, a minuted democracy and everything was going to shit. Um, the turnaround time for reporting missing children changed subsequently. But anyway, so those were the ones that actually went to find those stories. And then as a result, because of those, that brilliant journalism, baby Michaela was found. And the odds of missing children being found, as we know, are very slim. And it's the media that has done those things. It was the media that exposed the arms deal in the country. It was the media that sounded the alarms of um, President Jacob Zuma's, you know, many, many children and many wives. I think the question at that point was, because you were a leader of moral majority and having unprotected sex was a bad thing. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. And it was the media that rose all these things. But... Now we're sitting in a situation where people don't want to pay for journalism. It's the thing about content. That is the big thing. And that's, I think we spoke about this. Oh my God, did I waffle again? No. Oh my God, was I drunk? I'm not drunk, I swear. I don't know why you had to profess that. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, as I was saying, we were really interrupted. Um, the thing is, it's a weird thing with when it comes to content, and it's the way people consume content that has changed. But the people making sales and in other corporation selling advertising, they haven't come with the times with how content consumption has changed. I think that's the big issue. People still think that. An advert in a paper or a banner ad on a website somehow creates a link and I'm speaking specifically towards Gen Z and Millennials I'm not for, I can't speak for any other generation I don't know how they consume content I can only speak for my own generation and the one right below me because we are so intertwined but I've never ever looked at an advert or a banner ad clicked on well, I haven't even clicked on a banner ad I think ever and said mm, I want to buy this product I've never that has never enticed me to actually buy something you know what enticed me to buy something people talking about the crunch the new crunch sliders in kfc i saw people talk about it and i was like wow okay she really is that girl let me buy it like i was legit influenced by the timeline and convinced into buying something um because people recommended it and i was like okay let me try everyone's saying it's flames let me go try this out same thing with bernini even even though like a friend of mine works there, but like I was advert, ad, not advert, oh, I don't adverse, know, adverse to trying it, and then I saw the timeline talking about. it, I'm like, hey, let me also try Bernini. Got this, I tried it. I was like, mm, I like this, and I think the difference is, just I'm gonna get back to my original point, but when it comes to how to advertise, it's not necessarily using influencers because I also despise influencer culture for several reasons discussion for another day um but it's valuing interpersonal opinions about things more compared to a advertiser advertising agency developing an ad campaign and then telling me um oh you should like this and this again segues back into what i'm saying with with content consumption is where millennials have certain things they're willing to spend money on for a nominal fee Mm. So we'll spend money on a Netflix subscription, Netflix subscription, or a, a Spotify or Apple Music subscription because 
the amount of content we get far outweighs the small price we have to pay. Like I have access to all music for 60 Rand per month. I can do that bargaining chip. Because the reason also streaming companies existed was because of piracy. And again, y'all need to thank millennials for all these lovely things you have. Because if it wasn't for us, y'all would have nothing. Anyway, it's because piracy was becoming such a problem because people weren't buying music anymore. So they had to come to a middle ground where streaming kind of evolved out of that. And a similar model hasn't happened for the way we consume information yet where like across the board there's a general consensus that I'm willing to pay this fee this small fee for this amount of information it's be also because media because information is so widely available if I if I can if I don't find it here I can find it somewhere else and it's a very cutthroat world out there in these um news website streets where everyone's fighting for the same audience um but yeah it's it's very complicated because it's it's consumption and consumption of information has shifted a lot faster than people people making decisions haven't caught up to how content consumption is necessarily has changed and they want to apply things that worked in one sector to another sector and it's not working and i think that's where the clash comes in with regards to how do you get people to pay for information i think there is a like for example um i was reading yesterday the sunday times and you had to see the sunday times was thick 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 more than thick actually it was more than average thick to be honest with you because it had all these ads and it had glossy ads and it had the this Louis Vuitton spread out and do you know how much that cost for a glossy ad and a huge spread of just Louis Vuitton millions 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 and I think the problem we have well not we but like the problem I think most media houses have is the fact that media owners are not thinking as business people they decided to now use the newspapers as a vanity project instead of running it like a business <coughs> i think it's why i'm throwing it. shade um i think that's one part of it but i think it's also um just a really big issue of people um and John um, Oliver, in kind of like a special about um, how newspapers are dying out. It's up on YouTube, it's half an hour, please go watch it, it's really phenomenal. But um, he's very much spoke about this thing about how people aren't paying for news. And as a result, so many um, kind of like, well, newspapers are dying, firstly. But it's always been dying because of the digital migration. But it's another thing of... Because we haven't gotten used to paying for journalism, it means that the quality of journalism that we expected from like five, ten years ago doesn't exist because newsrooms are shrinking, Mm -hmm. people have a lot more to do and getting paid a lot less to do it. Um, And so it's really, it's a really difficult um, situation that even like all three of us as we're talking about this, um, we think about it almost like daily about like what kind of comes next how do we 
kind of like either make a move away or make a move to kind of like that keeps us happy because I think we I can very much say that we all love kind of like the news part and like the challenging part of our job because like being in this in this industry is is really rewarding but it's really frustrating um when you kind of have to deal with these things because it's the whole business aspect of it and on the one hand you get it because you're a consumer yourself and you're like oh well like i wouldn't necessarily like pay for news because like oh information is available but on the other hand you also see the fact that oh flip like people consuming the news is really responsible for me getting an income it's this whole thing of now okay well i'm gonna have to think about maybe like what other skill sets do I have and so that kind of um kind of just leads into this whole thing of like diversifying and people having mm-hmm. multiple jobs and kind of picking up everything but that's even if you have time to do it we already I think all three of us like busy 12 to sometimes 18 hours a day um and it just like you never kind of really get to switch off because this job is so consuming um and even when we're not on like it's a thing of like we just consume the news and it's really frustrating because we really love what we do but we also have to it's constant economics yeah it's it's a very cutthroat industry to be in and it's um it's a really big challenge because we have to i don't know if maybe the media industry needs to come together and have make a decision of like <laughs> are we all going to do paywalls but then even that is agendas at play and that's going to be a thing pity fucking politics here yeah. or if it's going to be a thing of um hey maybe if we bundle together and create our own kind of like streaming media service kind of thing where um then people pay f- uh again a subscription fee like tomorrow said and then they have access to all these news websites but you know why can't we do like, that though i mean But it was so easy for the Daily Maverick and Abu Bungani and News 24 to come together to do the state capture expose and then it got internationally recognized and people started funding them. Dum, 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 dum. Politics are very much... <laughs> I was thinking here. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh, I thought... For reasons that we can't really get into. Um, sometimes it's just... Take the end what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's ego and there's (laughs) like I said um, people are using it as a vanity project which is a shame as a Schwabens statement please ignore the I would like to like an eyes like please remove from the (laughs) eyes thank you Um, so yeah it's 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 very challenging um, situation to be in because we love what we do Um, but yeah I think um the media industry is going to have its its reckoning moment um it might not be now it might not be tomorrow but it is coming and so we're going to have to um adapt or die yeah, yeah again constantly i'm so sick of being millennial adapting jesus I know. Oh my, we've been through so much it's so exhausting adapting like literally and such a struggle you know yeah No, but literally, like, our entire existence has been about adapting. Everything is... We had to adapt to the internet, because then we had to get the hang of that, because... And there's just so much going on. And then we had to adapt, because, like, all of a sudden, global terror was a thing that we had to then live out and be scared about our lives. And then we had to adapt to news, to social media, because that wasn't a thing that existed 
15 years ago and, and now... the adaption to social media was hard because you know we 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 and struggled now... to look at ourselves you know but okay that was me and, mm-hmm. and now we get on ah, what what do you mean like, struggle to look at ourselves like i struggled with social media because okay wait pause when did you get facebook you how old were you 13 okay okay i got facebook when i was like 16 No, I'll give you that list. No, I'll go back. <laughs> And Facebook was around then. I just joined when I was 16. And you, Jamal? I don't know what to say. No say? Yeah, obviously before you, but like... <laughs> I don't know what to say. I was there. <laughs> so like Facebook had started, but I wasn't. Because I didn't have the means and the access to kind of join it at the time. It was only later when I finally had... My own phone and the data to, to get it like got it and stuff and then like twitter came in 2009 and then that was also a thing that to adapt to twitter came towards the end of my high school career and was like oh what's this thing and then i only joined twitter in um university actually again also and like if you yeah, just like, the, yeah. now like, twitter's changed our lives and like tiktok we all were very <laughs> adverse and now we all tiktok addicts yeah. it's like it's, I hate Instagram myself too. I hate myself for the fact that now TikTok has become part of my morning routine now. <laughs> I go on Twitter, go on IG, go on my For You page. <laughs> check, if, check if someone replied to one of my comments. Uh, and I'm just like, wow, I really introduced a whole new social media app into my whole existence at this ripe 30 age. Like, really, wow. Do you check TikTok in the morning? Um, not in the morning. I think my routine now is um, Twitter, then Instagram, um, then also just like see if there's any kind of other things I missed, and then um, TikTok is slowly starting to factor more into it. So because yeah. it's insane, man. Like TikTok is fun. Like, it's guys, so much fun. Once you once the for you page knows you, and you segue <laughs> your way into yeah. your subgroup in TikTok. Because it's so funny because TikTok, because again Gen Z learned from us millennials I would just like to say so TikTok also has sub divisions so when you join TikTok you're unfortunately locked into straight TikTok that's the default position so you in straight TikTok for a while and then as soon as you like enough queer stuff you get thrown into gay TikTok and then there's where it's lit <laughs> because the gays know how to make compelling content and when I tell you it's everything from story times. Exposing people to dancing, dancing, to gymnastics, makeup. The girls are just thinking for their lives. The, whenever a new song, I fully expect when Black is King drops, we're getting choreography. Um, and thank God finally choreography for for my power because I've been waiting a year <laughs> for this woman to drop choreo for the damn song, and I can't even perform it now. Anyway, um. But it is compelling content, and specifically the content creators, not necessarily mm-hmm. like don't follow celebrities, like leave Jason Derulo alone. Yeah. Let him go be corny in that corner and leave us alone. Um, also, I didn't, I didn't even know Jason Derulo and his and his yeah, that man has no swag. What and not a single inch stitch, nothing. It like I, I said this on Twitter the other day. Like Jason Derulo is conventionally attractive. I get it. Like the man is attractive, cool, sharp, but he is corny as hell. And has no sex appeal whatsoever. Same thing goes for Drake. Shoot me. Anyway, <laughs> shoot me. TikTok is a lot of fun. Um, the Bobby was the first one to kind of like join get, join on there, and like, and then he got all of us on there. What 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 was your 
appealing kind of getting on in the first place? Oh, the men. <laughs> the men. <laughs> the half-naked men. And no, Jason Derulo's hot. I'm sorry. I said he's attractive. Aren't you not listening what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you hear the word <laughs> coming out of my mouth? He is hot. I, like, I don't care much about his hair, but he's hot. He doesn't have sex appeal. He does. No, he doesn't. He does. I never look at that man and went, ooh, be still my beating pussy. Never. Ever. Nothing about Jason Derulo. He's, 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 it's the cornball thing, man. <laughs> he's so corny and like, why are you hanging out with 17 year olds in a house, my nigga? You are a grown man. <laughs> Why are you with James Charles? How did you and James Charles get on the same level? When did this happen? <laughs> like, how? Where? Like, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Jamal has a lot of Can we take a break? Please? Yeah, we're gonna take, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> right here, guys. Uh, we'll be back after this. And we're back. So big congratulations to Onika Tanya Mirage, also more commonly known as Nicki Minaj, on her pregnancy. Congratulations, girl. <laughs> Applause. Yay. We all know you've wanted to have kids for the longest time, girl. I want to say something else, but I'm going to remove myself from the narrative and not be shady. So congratulations, Bob's Leave Me Alone. I said it. Um... But yeah, um, unfortunately for Miss um, Minaj, the news has been tainted by um, the fact of who her husband and baby daddy is. Because Twitter has been clowning her all day. Hey, but when you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. So, Nikki, Nikki girl, like, we would love if you... If that baby was someone else's father, maybe you surprise us and shock us. We'll be very happy, but we highly doubt it. Um, but anyway, shade aside, we have to live with the fact that you and problematic men, same WhatsApp group, so... And uh, you're not my face. I'm not that pressed. I feel sorry for the Bobs. I have to play defense force every other day because people came with the jokes. The minute the news dropped, the jokes were right there. Like People were sitting on ready. Ready with the jokes about this kid's dad not being able to pick that child up from school because he's a racist sex offender. (laughs) 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 We all tried so hard to keep us straight as a kid together, but it's like jokes are so funny. Someone else said, A mutual divided friend of mine said, So are they allowed to have kids at their house? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and then someone quoted that and said, Shane, not even the uncle can visit. <laughs> Shane, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, it's kind of crazy oh. when you think about it because I actually completely forgot about Nikki's brother also being a sex offender. Yo, hey. Isn't he a rapist? Um, he was convicted for rape, wasn't I think, he? I think he, was, he was convicted and stuff, so... Aisha! Hi, girl. Fam, girl, be strong, but like, these jokes aren't gonna end, hey? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of That's... gonna be the life that you signed up for. 
Um, because this could have been like a cute Katy Perry moment where we all just went, ah, oh, this is so nice. But then we all also remember, shit, it's Kenneth's child. <laughs> Mr. Smallfeet, like, now we have to deal with yeah, that. Like, we're happy for you and we wish you um, a great pregnancy, but it's just a thing of... Your man, girl, your man. Ugh, Nikki, better choices in life, sis. Ugh. Yeah, anyway, so also Nikki. So, <laughs> earlier this week, yesterday, early, early last week, I can't remember either or. I think this so, past weekend, yeah. Kanye decided he's taking Nikki off of the new body track that's on his Donda album, which is said to drop sometime, don't know when. Kanye just does the shit. Yeah. Wherever the mood takes him. Um, but the song leaked a while ago and the Bobs were just waiting for the official release. Um, but now apparently Kanye's taken off the song, which might have actually been a blessing in disguise. So Kanye decided again to go on the stage and speak nonsense. So yeah. Mr. West was at a rally. He, a rally in South Carolina um, with like a hundred, there were a hundred people in the room apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, where he addressed, there was no mics, where he addressed his constituents, as, as supporters, people that were there for good laugh. Um, and essentially Kanye And also went, started attacking on the black woman in the room. But we'll get there. But Kanye, as per Kanye style, went in without a script. Um, this is now after the Forbes article where Kanye basically in a very weird, long-winded interview said that he's an anti-vaxxer, he's pro-life slash anti-abortion, just weird things. It kind of is weird, like, weird right-wing bullshit. And like Kanye has been, Kanye's politics have been sketchy these last couple of years. I, like, the minute that nigga said slavery is a choice, I was like, I am now done with you. By I have now ended my relationship with you and your association with that family. As I was saying, um, Kanye has been on a weird tip for a while. And then during this rally, was the rally? It was a rally. Anyway, he then subsequently went and then decided to... Attack Harriet Tubman. I don't know why. This poor woman just keeps on getting L's left, right, and center. Least we forget last time, Nikki also brought her up um, on that god awful show Queen Rodeo when she said. Tubman was walking around with a fucking nice, shiny fucking dress on with a fucking crown on her head when she was taking slaves to freedom! It's so funny. <laughs> Kanye said that what Harriet Tubman wasn't, she wasn't freeing slaves, she was just moving them to, to be slaves under, under, under new white people, and everyone collectively went, Huh? Good, huh? <laughs> Who? That's why? Who? What? Hmm? There was a video of someone that was there at the rally saying, Yo, let's get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yay, and saying weird shit. And then went on a tangent where he was crying about him, apparently, his mother almost aborting him, and then apparently... Uh, him and Kim, Kim also... Wanting to abort North, even though, like, North was only... 
Weird point choice, by the way, just FYI. So, Embryo is not a person, just before anyone wants to jump into this conversation. And if you're pro life, you can keep it over there in the corner with homophobia. Um, <laughs> Jamal! Um, and just cried. It's just, it's all weird, man. And it's like, Kanye, and, and I don't, I, I just want to preface it by saying we, we are all well aware that Kanye. Is bipolar. Is he type one, type two? We don't know. We don't know which type, but he he was he was diagnosed and he spent some time in um uh rehabilitation facility. Um, and I just want to preface this by saying we do not excuse Kanye's words on his mental illness, but I will say these manic episodes, which we have all been seeing, he's been going through because Kanye's also publicly admitted to not taking his meds. Yeah. Um. Um, doesn't ex- at his mental illness doesn't excuse his behavior, but it definitely is a contributing factor. Don't get me wrong, Kanye is still a right wing nut that has shown his, and that's just it's frustrating as a black person looking at Kanye and seeing how this man devolved from the guy who said George Bush hates black people to being this weird anti black um, capitalist maniac going around yeah. telling us that slavery was a choice. Then what was the other thing? There was another thing. Just... But there was also a moment um, at the, the this past weekend rally where he got mad at this at this black girl for wearing a mask, and this was the thing that happened. And someone pointed out, like, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing, because, especially because black women are the most hated people in this world, by specifically attacking a black woman. And he knows... There's so that, many other people there. Yeah. It's just, it's again, typical misogynoir. It's anti-black. It's... But it's like, from Kanye, it's just, it's all weird, man. It's like, how did we get, how did we get to this yeah, junction in your career? Point. Now Kanye said he wants Jay-Z as his running mate, and I'm guffawing because, hey... Beyonce can't stand your wife, so that's already point A. At least we forget Beyonce said, I'm not coming to your wedding because I don't. A, the whole innovation was happening, and B, she can't stand that woman. We all know Beyonce can't stand Kim. This is the most. The, the, Beyonce probably is also pissed at the fact that we all know that she cannot stand Kimberly Kardashian. Um, and for you, Kim stands to be like, but she sent her Ivy Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she didn't. Adidas sent her. Did you notice we did not have a note? Because Beyonce said personal notes to everyone. And best to believe, Kim would have posted that goddamn note if it was there. Um, yeah, no, it's just... I'm, I'm, I don't want to see Kunye anymore. I'm like, I'm now tired. KKK Kunye has been a very exhausting person. I can only imagine the people around him. Yeah, he, set fire, he set fire to his legacy and we've all just over the last few years watched it burn. And it's kind of sad, but on, on the thing is also this whole thing of... You can't support people who just like keep showing you that they're not gonna be there for you. The same thing with J.K. Rowling, like it's, it's good, our, our turf. Your turf fave. Like it's just, it's really heartbreaking how like the legacy of Harry Potter has been tainted by this woman. I'm not a Harry it's, Potter fan, by the way, so. Like, but yeah, like for the Harry Potter fans among us, it's just been like really frustrating and you kind of like. You want to, on the one hand, kind of like separate it, and again, if we get we can get into this whole bit about um, the art versus the artist, but that's a whole topic for a different day. But it's the thing of 
we you can't in good conscience even like barely enjoy the books and despite what they stand for the person who kind of wrote them has the very opposite beliefs of the book that they wrote and it's just so contradictory and it's like and explains why she was so she's so apprehensive about openly making Dumbledore a faggot yeah it explains why it took so long to get there well, um, so. she kind of said it as a sidebar. Yeah, and then it be- took off and became this thing, and now then she wrote it into these new movie situation now, and she's not even really kind of queer so, baiting, yeah. pulling very much a Disney on us. Yeah, so even that, like, it's this whole thing of of forget. There's like four more movies coming, and now it makes it really difficult to support her. It must be so tough for, I think, even Eddie Redmayne now. Actually, come to think of it, because he played. Um, a trans character, yes, he shouldn't have played a trans character, but different time. Different t- yeah, what's disclosure? Yeah, what's disclosure? <laughs> but um, so he played a trans character. He was nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if he won. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. But Jared Leto won for. Yeah, Jared Leto won that year, but um, and so he's kind of like really sympathetic to um, uh, kind of like the trans community, and obviously like a big champion having taken on this role. So now it must be so difficult for him because he's playing the the lead in this movie series by someone who really doesn't stand just for... Just dug her heels in. Yeah, dug her heels in and doesn't kind of like support trans people and that, I'm surprised like no one's actually really spoken to him and asked him for comment because um, I think if like things continue I, he might be, he might get to the point where he might drop out of the movie and that's a really big deal of having to then recast your major lead because your the writers being so um but again we have to wait and see how this all shakes out i think a lot of people um within kind of like um hollywood and especially ezra ezra is also really queer and he's playing a lead role in um these new movie series like i think there's a lot of kind of like conversations happening which is why it's been so quiet on that front because you know you can't then as a queer person in good conscience, Ezra being Ezra Miller, like, support and maybe participate in this. So. Look, I think the thing with JK is, JK is, luckily, she's not the face. Like, JK is not, when it comes to consuming Harry Potter content, it's not like you have to look at JK Rowling's face all the time. I think that helps with separating JK from, and also, like, we're past the stage of, if this happened in the peak of, like, yeah. When Harry Potter was really at its mm, peak, peak, yeah. I think then it would have been an absolute shit show. Yeah. I think, who produces Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Warner Brothers would have had it, it would have been an absolute mess. But I think because we're not, Harry Potter's not like at the, that peak, peak mm. anymore. It's like, Fantastic Beasts 2 was yeah. Yeah. It's also like a really different conversation versus the books and the movies. Like the books, you're actively supporting her. Whereas with the movies, we forget that like, it's really easy to forget that she's one part of this really long process. Um, yes. Like, yeah, she's kind of like a big part, but also the thing is that though, there's a director involved, there's actors involved, there's a production company involved, and um, you're kind of helping the crew, the people on the crew also kind of like, um, and stuff when you kind of go and support this movie. But again, it kind of, all of this gets tainted by the fact that it's icky now. It's mm. this woman who's at the center of all of this, and you're just like, uh, I kind of want to support the other people and not you. And so, yeah, it's 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 a very difficult conversation. But again, coming back to Kunye, it's just, it's just 
it's, 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 it's frustrating and it's heartbreaking because you're knowing what some of the like this man has made really iconic music but now again it's tainted so it's 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 realizing that these people are people unfortunately and people can be two things at the same time um like the the thing with Hamilton where people because when Hamilton dropped a lot of people had a lot to say about like we're glorifying these founding fathers what 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 I'm like I was so confused I'm like as a non-American watching just watching the musical but being fully aware of America's history I didn't walk away after I cried my eyes out after Eliza said I inserted myself back into the narrative and she gasped and like I'm wiping away the tears went yeah these founding fathers they were <laughs> such amazing people why did the Americans hate them so much like I, I, um, and I think Lynn spoke about Lynn or David spoke about these founding fathers being complex. What was Flutter? I can't remember. I watched a lot of Hamilton shit when, when I finally joined the fandom after watching it. Um, and they had like a bunch of best interviews. But it's understanding that people are complex beings and two truths can exist at the same time. You can in one breath... Champion someone. Champion someone and still they can be a deplorable person at the same time. Unfortunately, human beings are complex. We aren't one-dimensional beings. And the same thing goes for Kanye West. Kanye West, in, in the same breath, has changed hip-hop and music forever. Mm-hmm. But also now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. on the other hand, he's a right-wing maniac who has become this weirdo um, black man who's anti-black, um, anti-poor. Just It's just... It's just, it's frustrating seeing how Kanye couldn't re- reconcile the things he said in his music to his actions in real life. And I think that's the frustration thing for um, fans fans who have a brain, not stands. Standum and look, Kanye is a cult. Of, they followed him into gospel music, so. <clears throat> it's just, ugh, it's, it's sad, man. It's sad to see this man that means so much for the culture do so. Like, it's like breaking down so many walls you didn't have to. Like, I know Beyonce said, remember those walls are broke, but you're like, girl. <laughs> you're girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, it's just sad, man. It's really sad. And I, I look, I ignored Kanye. Uh, I stopped. I was, I was like a, a soft fan. I was never like a stand stand. Um, then I fell off the bus during Yeezy and when he got married to Kimberly. I got back on the bus for the life of Pablo and then fell off the bus again. Um, speaking of Kanye messing up, actually. And so also Tiana Taylor this week, there was a whole kerfuffle with Tiana and Mickey Blanco. So basically, Mickey provided the vocals for the only good song on that trash as what's that album called? KTSE, that project where Kanye was executive producer. Not sure. Anyway, remember that Tiana Taylor project that was just hot mess from beginning to end. And basically, Mickey Blanco came out and said, Keiki, Nachi, you haven't, you and your company haven't paid me in two years um, after I, um, she co-produced and, um, I'm not sure, sang or rapped on that, on the, on work that pussy, that the song The Gays Love. Um, if you don't know the song, I'm sure if you want Work that pussy, work that pussy, dead, 
that the song that was all over. Anyway, so after two years of struggling with Tiana's management, Universal and Kanye, um, she then publicly came out and made a whole statement dragging and became a warfare. And then Tiana stepped in, then stepped in and misgendered her and called her he. <gasps> yeah. Um, and basically shifted blame to Kanye again and Universal and yeah luckily things are resolved now Universal paid her um, but it took like cyberbullying yet again for people to just shape up but yet again it's Kanye and his messy antics like why didn't you pay you you're a whole billionaire aren't you you could have given off that speaking to Universal and given that couple of thousands to a fellow Black, I think Mickey Blanco is POC or black, either or. Can't remember, but one of the two. But anyway, and Tiana Taylor also, like, if you're going to say you're for queer people, Nahi, why didn't you move and do something? It, it took someone coming on the timeline and airing your dirty laundry, then you misgendering her. And it's just, it's just, ugh. I'm so sick of these people in general. <laughs> something else that we're sick of is. Um, the fuckery of Eskom and its return to darkness for South African citizens. You know what I don't understand is that, you know, there has been money allocated for Eskom's fuckery, but unfortunately, through mismanagement, they decided to do Lord knows what with it and not fix the fucking things that are supp- supposed to provide electricity. For those of you outside of South Africa, which I think is very few, but <clears throat> for those of you outside South Africa, we have, reta- we have, on top of the global COVID-19 pandemic, we are now forced to endure the shit show of load shedding, which is when the power, electricity to your um, district, your suburb gets cut. In, the, this, in Cape Town, it's for about two hours. In other parts of the country, it's about four hours, and then you're without electricity, and you just have to make do. And we all allocated hours in the day, and it's one of it's as bad as what it sounds. And because we have this issue, is because of a bungling of ISCOM, which is our power utility giant, the only fucking people that are providing us electricity. <laughs> Jamal hates it here, honestly. Jamal Sai wants to like fly me out of New Zealand. <laughs> Jamal Sai really because that's how most of the people here feel. Like just like can't we get lights? Keep the lights on even during lockdown. We people aren't even using that much electricity in some way, you know? Literally, guys, the like your just yourself. What am I yourself? Self-preservation in this country literally is dictated by which province and which city you live in. If you live in Johannesburg, yes, it's the economic capital. But you're also going to be low shade for like four to six hours a day. Eastern Cape is a hot mess, whatever is going on there. You know, wow. I don't even know why the Eastern Cape exists because it's, it's riddled with corruption. I mean... Let me tell you what I read in the Sunday Times. Oh, I'm just for scrick over the Sunday Times. You know, the Sunday Times was the first time I had real news. Anyway. <laughs> the Sunday Times reported on this girl. A very interesting story about this girl who is a high school dropout. 
And in some way, she convinced all the Eastern Cape hospitals that she is a medical intern. For four fucking years, this child has been taking people's blood pressure, prescribing medication, and taking blood of people, and she's not even a qualified medical profession. It took the Sunday Times a week to actually ask the department, Do you, are you aware of the fact that this child is not actually a medical doctor? The fucking department didn't even know that. Guys, this should show That a 23-year-old high school dropout is in charge of our health. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Eastern Cape and those, that scooter tender shit show going on to it's just it's all you have to laugh that's all you could all... and I think it's like again we, we keep talking about this thing the reason why South Africans have such great senses of senses of humour and also just while we kind of like something so many serious things like we just like end up laughing it's because we have to laugh at our pain this country it's living here is an extreme sport um, being a South African is an extreme sport if you ever met a South African you would know that we have a lot of bad things to say, but we have really good spirits. And it's because, one, we're big drinkers. Um, and Even two, now, Cyril put us back in detention because you hoes don't yeah. know how to act yeah. and couldn't stay your asses at home. Yeah. And now we're in detention. Yeah. We can't buy booze because you hoes couldn't just stay off the road, drink at home. We had to go to a party, even though you're not allowed to go to a party. Now we all got thrown in detention and we were still pissed about this, but anyway, continue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's really, the only way South Africans can cope is just by laughing mm-hmm. the way, our way through this. So, Our government is a joke, basically. Yeah, It's a it's, huge joke. And like I previously said, this is the group project from hell. Yeah, we were, doing, we were doing so well and we're just trying to make our way through. But honestly, the memes are what is literally keeping this country together. It's the, it's the, we, our meme content is supreme mm-hmm. and our comedy content is supreme because we just, we laugh at our pain. We laugh the pain away. You know, for some reason, I feel extremely sorry for our president, you know, mostly because we had so much high hopes for him. And we can't deny that, you know, Sir Ramaphosa did a lot for our country. I mean, you know, when he... Um, so his leadership has been, has, been, has been really good. It, it has been. Bad, way better than the Jay-Z years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get thought about that man. Leaps and bounds. But um, then you're surrounded by his merry minimal fools. That's the problem. But like, Cyril, you know, he's, in some way, you know, Cyril has really lived up to our standards. However, like you say, he is in the group project of hell. And I think the first thing he needs to do when this mess is over is to just reevaluate his cabinet. Because can't do that. Why not? Runs the cabinet. Yeah, and we it's all just, know it's, And that's... It's a way to appease the two factions within the ANC, yeah. which is, yeah, to kind of like, there was there had to be some middle ground because as is the case, it always happens. It's why Jay-Z was president and he was deputy. It's why now he's president and David Mabuza is deputy. So, and... You can see predominantly the elders of yeah. the ANC have a say still in this party, which is... A travesty, actually. And it's a big issue, especially considering the fact that so many young people and so many youths are excluded from having a conversation in this country. And 
We have some of the oldest leaders in the world, and it's like it's, it's and the younger one of the youngest populations in this world. Yeah, and it's really crazy, especially just because when you look at other countries, like you look at Jacinda Art, and you look at um, I think Finland also has like a entirely female. Like yes, these are First Nation or predominantly white countries. We get it. It's not the same as Africa, but again, it's this whole thing about it's not that young people are incapable of leading. It's the fact that young people are not being allowed opportunity to lead and that is the biggest kind of block that um we're kind of facing you know, in our politics i think you know what puts people off when it comes to electing young people is you know julius malema for someone like julius malema for example you know he's quite young number one and also you know fluid chavambu is also quite young so when they open their mouths the first thing that comes out of their mouths is shit but also, and but also that, you know issues such as land grabs land is a you know this highly contested issue where, where people are still landless and basically stateless still and when you bring up an issue like that for someone like Julius Malema immediately people are go haywire I mean I can remember he said something about um, when he was still in the ANC Youth League or that song that he sang you know for that Afri Forum took him to court and that put farm owners off. It made them skeptical. And obviously there was a narrative connected to that where Eugene Treblanche from the Avia was then killed in, in his farm. Oh, yeah, I'm waffling again. I'm waffling again. just sighed, by the way, because Moffin was making a great point and then just... He keeps undercutting it and get, I get frustrated. Um, but that's the point was different time. Um, uh, I just... It's... The deconstruction of African politics, I think we can spend a whole episode on that because it's... Mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's I love, I love how we keep stacking up episodes of, of things <laughs> to talk about that we're likely not going to talk about because it's really... No, like, we'll we'll, that, we'll no. get to it, but guys, it's, it's, just it's a like, lot. It's complicated, like, because there's so many factors that have to come into play because... You have to take race in play. Then you have to take white supremacy into play. Then you have to bring in the fact that we were sold alive with the Rainbow Nation ideology. And then you have to... Are that permeated for years and decades? And then we only started now getting out of it and realizing, okay, that was a lie that we were sold and... This is then you have to deconstruct like whiteness and how it permeates within the economy and, like and how then, that relates to the government. It's just, and that like, relates to like, anti-blackness and... It's it's just like South Africa is a, it's it's a lot of things, guys. That it's it's difficult to like to quantify and articulate the experience of in like a five minute yeah. speech. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm, what did I actually want to say? That was actually the question. What was your last thing again? What were you saying? Something about the Avia beer and there was this the connotation. Form. Yes, the oh, format. Oh yeah. yeah, this is what I actually want to say. The issue is also like there's no political party that is youth-focused in a way that is not so radical. And that's the biggest issue with the EFF. It's like they're way too radical. Mm-hmm. Like their thinking is way too radical. Um, and you need... We have no party that is like that right middle ground where you... The party represents the youth in this country, um, whether it be culturally, racially, um, gender, sexuality. There's no party in that bracket that actually speaks to the youth in a way that makes sense and will champion youth issues 
like the environment, which is a big issue. And I know, like, um, it sounds like I'm reading off the politician, but it's actually true. Like, young people really do care about, Gen Z millennials really care about the environment. And it's not like the youth are incapable, because if the last um, 10 years have, have taught us anything, like, when I started out in um, kind of like this industry, in about 2005, 15, sorry, um, fees must fall. That immediately kind of sparked off when it was young people leading and calling for this change of like, we need the free education that you promised us. And like, um, I remember like uh, there was a tweet that someone put up, a poster from 1994, and it said, when the ANC came into power, it's going to be free education. And then all of a sudden, that mm-hmm. conversation completely like, Capitalism. like disappeared. Yeah, and then, that, that's always the thing, you know, especially when the law also came into power, she also promised, you know, free education. Can't even not a fuck. Sorry, capitalism, yeah. capitalism, guys. It's always that. Never forget, our world is run by white supremacy and capitalism. That unless until those two structures are dismantled, we're gonna sit in this hellhole of arguing with people about basic human rights. But because everything is the foundation for everything. And to quote um, a certain radio jockey, the free market is the best thing that the world has given to us. <laughs> like bullshit just please mm-hmm. hey guys okay yeah. I think we're gonna take a break right here and be yes. right back and we're back um, yeah so we still put us in detention again like I mentioned in the previous segment so alcohol was banned again. We have a 9, 9 p.m. curfew because people couldn't just stay at home and, sorry, keep to the rules. They had to now go boss at level three and now here we are back, in, back in the ghetto. And it's really frustrating because like nowhere else in the world do people have to kind of deal with this situation of like not having and not having cigarettes um, and it's like it's a really weird thing of like this prohibition style yeah like like okay the lockdown and stuff like we get why Cyril is doing it because I do we, as as kind of journalists we have been reporting on the fact that um, once the locked once the booze ban was lifted there was a kind of like a race shop increase in emergency um, facilities at hospitals being flooded so like we get that but like there's a better way to do it than just straight out banning and I think that's the point we've been trying to make but that's the point it's being lost in translation or communication rather so I think you know this latest you know these new regulations and Siddle's you know latest announcement you know <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of his alcohol ban, to be honest with you, and this um, tobacco ban. And the only reason that I can come to, maybe the two of you can help me, is the fact that, you know, South Africa has a huge alcohol problem, and that we know. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the lockdown was instituted because, according to him, it is to ready the, um, you know, state hospitals and to, you know, put 
uh, proper care in place for our, our medical centres and all of that and to make sure that there's adequate care. We've been in lockdown for how many months now? Since March, Since the end of March, April, um, so May, June, July, we've got four, four, months, four, months, yeah. four months, one one week and going into August. So, And, and the question begs itself, which I'm sitting with, is that what have they been doing then? Because they have to ready our hospitals. So if, if they haven't been readying our hospitals, then what have they been doing? That's the problem is like you can't, when you're in crisis, you can't fix existing problems. And our medical care has been a shit show, shit show from jump. And now because we're in crisis, now you have to jump through the fire hoops to make things happen. And that's why we have these knee-jerk reactions and just hands left and right and people not understanding like you're not addressing look alcohol abuse in this country is a problem however it's a symptom of a bigger issue and they're not addressing the actual problem the actual cause of the problem they just want to address do this temporary patch thing of a ban which also again just floods the black market with people being able to sell things and the prohibition doesn't work, it's never worked. It creates all it, it creates a lawless society, it's all it does. Um, that's why people go out partying and doing all the cuck. Um, it's just, it doesn't work, man. It, and it's just... It, 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 and that was the thing we were talking about, um, sorry to interrupt, but it was just the thing of like how at the start of like when lockdown was declared, everyone's asking why is it that it took a lockdown for you to give like to, to be doing the basic things as government that you should have been doing all along. Like, the people shouldn't have been battling to get kind of water and access to kind of clean water, but now, why is it when a lockdown is declared and a pandemic people are facing that they kind of, now you're able to provide this? It's like, you should have been providing people with these things and with these services mm-hmm. from the beginning. That should have been your role as government, as government but now we're just in the situation like four months later and it's a it's a thing of like it's just it's gonna leave us with so many questions afterwards it's like if you could yes lockdown um the government has like and the way they've been doing things hasn't been perfect but for the most part okay it could also be worse and um it's just a thing of but now, you, some of the stuff that you implemented at the start was really great. And why couldn't you just have been doing that all along? And so it's a really big question of what needs to be done for some of these some, some of these things to be the norm. Like it's and yeah. like we were promised at the beginning, no, there's going to be a stage where um, during lockdown, certain problems are going to be at certain levels. County, here we are. Western Cape is flattening. Oh, well, they did change the testing parameters, but... For the sake of finding help in a helpless place. <laughs> We're not the epicenter anymore. So, like, why why are certain provinces with, like, the cases are so low, still having, like, such strict regulations, um, where we were told, no, some provinces will be at different levels. Um, it's just, it's just, like, a lot of the rules don't make sense. And the longer this goes on, the, and the less sense this rules makes, it creates more civil unrest. Mm. Because citizens are getting frustrated, especially citizens abiding by the rules and being like, but now why are we all collectively being punished 
yeah. for spe- and you know who the specific group is who went rogue during level three. Now we all have to be thrown in the same fucking pool. And people have been posting it on social media, so like you can also just find them and of like because they're the ones who've been posting themselves breaking lockdown rules to to begin with. So it's like could knock on their door and arrest them and make an example of them, mm. and then other people see oh this is not the thing Ugh. yeah and also like doing this so what happened was we sort of made the announcement so if you don't know when we have these family gatherings in south africa um we all like, we call them when uh when so when cupcake addresses us so we all like, also call so cupcake it's it is uh, a whole theory behind why we call him cupcake but just google it it's right there um uh, but anyway, we all live tweet this thing going on, and then one of um, the tweets, Susie's also a doctor, he said something along the lines of, "So when he announced the alcohol ban, so can take away, rather take away gay rights." Now, for those of us amongst gay Twitter, we make this joke all the time. Yeah, about frequently gay, about gays not deserving rights. Obviously, said in just, we don't actually mean it. Yeah, it's like. Because it's very much a thing of sometimes the thing, the gays will do something that embarrasses us all and it's like, and then we just roll our eyes and we go, ugh, the gays are not <laughs> deserve rights. <laughs> like, it's all obviously said in like, we're being rhetorical, we're just like doing all of this, so. And then it blew up and then people got in their feelings and like, how can you say that? It's offensive. Other faggots jumping out of the woodwork with whole dissertations. And I'm like... Nothing. We all know what the joke was. It was a joke. Like he wasn't being serious. Like, and it was just weird that like it became this huge issue where I really had to delete the tweet because people were making it bigger than it was. And I'm like, but we all make this joke all yeah. the time. And I think it's also a thing to consider that maybe I think people didn't necessarily realize that he was a part of the community, um, which is kind of like again, and we 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 kind of bring this up often enough but it's a thing of when you it's very different making a joke and taking a dig at the community that you within so like it's fine uh, it has to kind of like take a dig at the coloured community and it's fine to us to take a dig at the gay community because those are communities we're part of whereas we can't exactly take a joke um, a dig at um, Jewish people because that would be anti-Semitic and also it's just a thing of it's we can't we kind of like, there's some things that we don't have the right to kind of address because we're not a part of that community. So, but the, the gays do not deserve rights. It's been an ongoing joke. We've all laughed about it. We all tweeted. Um, and it's just like, it's just lighthearted jest. So, <sighs> Yeah, he could have taken away gay rights and give us alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> No, you guys, like, gay rights. Okay, how do you feel about tomato? Because I think you've, 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 you've previously said that it's a very, you feel differently about it. Yeah. Like, if I had to choose between alcohol and gay rights, I'd choose alcohol. Again, like Eliza, I've removed myself from this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel, Theo? No man, it's a joke. Like we all know, it's a joke. Like it's not that deep. Like stop being so dense, faggots. Really. I Jamal. Um, Some people actually, you know, feel quite sensitive about the matter. Uh, uh, be cool, snowflakes enough, please, man. 
This is a joke about us, made by us, for us. Calm down. Yeah, I think it's a thing of like... Um, it's a whole thing of also like bringing in the whole Morphe conversation is that some people are perfectly fine with like being called Morphe, whereas for other people, like it's a very sensitive subject. So um, we do understand that like one shoe doesn't fit all. But like in this situation, I think you have to like understand that um, you know, collective humor, like sometimes people will pick up things and then like you it's not saying that you don't have the right to be um like taken aback by it or um kind of distance yourself from it but it's just a thing of you then have to allow people to then go with it because then it's a thing of so long as you can say okay i'm not comfortable with this um so then don't address me in this way or don't say this thing towards me however um if you're in a situation where other people find that okay, then that's kind of like um, well within your kind of like your your right to kind of then make this joke with other kind of people who kind of get it. So yeah, I think it's like I think it's a very sensitive topic to be honest. I, that's not. I don't think it's mostly that because deep, you know. Because I was watching you now the other night this year, I'm going to pause documentary. You guys have to watch it again. Love and Sex Around the World. It's very interesting. And she was in Berlin. And she was talking about, you know, you know how people in Berlin experience, you know, sex. And especially, you know, gay people. Because in some way, Berlin is quite a, you know, hostile, conservative place no mm, are you sure no am i talking about berlin no girl berlin's very accepting wait let me look at the episode again (laughs) it's not berlin no it's not not berlin it's not like one of the most sex positive open places for all people okay well marvin searches for what he's talking about yeah, it was just a joke, fam. It wasn't being really... Like, we didn't need, like, queer dissertations about... Beirut! Sorry, Jamal. Sorry. Beirut. Sorry. Very different countries. I know! Sorry, Beirut. Berlin was the previous one. Anyway, Beirut. And um, she was talking with some gay people there. And some gays, you know, said, you know, um, they don't have proper, you know, human rights. Because if they're sitting in a taxi... And this one guy said he was sitting in the taxi with his partner and this police officer, obviously they were fooling around, making out, blah, blah, blah. This police officer came to the window and started knocking on the window and, and asked him, which one is getting fucked tonight? None of your business, boo-boo. Maybe they flip-flop. Why are you asking me this question? <laughs> so I think, you know, the issue of whether gays is a... It's quite a... It's quite a harsh topic in some way um the triangle project actually released a statement about you know gay rights in south africa and they said you know during this lockdown period gays and um have been experiencing you know terrible human rights violations throughout this period because they are the most vulnerable groups gay people or queer people gays like gay men specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think it's, again, it's this thing Jamal spoke about in his episode about how 
like so many of us love kind of like worlds apart existence as being kind of like queer people and being gay men and again it's depends on all your privileges where like we all have different privileges and all the stuff so it's always a factor to consider in this country and it's really it makes kind of some, sometimes really difficult to have collective conversations mm -hmm. because we all I always like to use the the analogy that the whole queer community is um, a block of apartments and we're all just on different levels of these apartments and so and for pride which is like happens once a year we all gather together in the communal area we kiki we have fun oh it's nice seeing you but then for the rest of the year we're all on our own levels the white gays on their level the colored gays on the level the black gays on the level then also still those are just the privileged ones then the lesbians the non-binary people the transgender people the genderqueer people like everyone's on different floors of this and part of the challenge is that we don't kind of have those moments together and have things and so it has to be of one the conversation on this floor someone has to then if someone maybe intersects then brings the conversation up to another level and then it spreads across the room and across the level and then it moves up another one who moves down and so it's just this whole thing of like that's for the most part how kind of we also kind of learn to being queer but it's a very different thing of if you kind of love within the city and privileged kind of like life versus living in townships and the towns where you don't have that queer experience so it's very difficult though the internet has helped but again it's oceans apart from each other and it's difficult so yeah and then you also have like queer people specifically gay men always flexing their privilege like there's a porn star i'm sure it, oh, all the gays will know i'm talking about diego sands someone dug up a video so it's actually an old video an old video old post of his i didn't even know about this but apparently it was in 2016 2017 i likely stopped watching his content a while ago because a he is still stuck at men.com, they still do condom scenes, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> but he literally, he was in a bathroom, took a picture, it was a unisex bathroom, um, and then made it hashtag T word, what T word bathroom, and then subsequently dropped a video where he said he's going to keep on using the T word, and for those of you, T word is T-R-A-N-N-Y. Um, the derogatory term, well, it's one of those words, it's an offensive word if you're not trans. Like, I will never tell a trans person that you cannot use your own word because it's your word to use. Um, but for the rest of us, respect people, it's not our word to use. It's not a collective queer word you can just throw around. Um, and then double down on it, says he will, he's been using this word for 10 years. I'm like, what the privilege fuck is going on here this man really had the nerve to sit on beyonce's internet and defend being transphobic beyonce's internet i was like the absolute gumption of this white passing faggot coming on here telling this white hairy basic man actually well he's white passing i don't think he's white i think he's spicy white mm. i'm not sure about diego he's he's he gives spicy whites white passing very that um it's just like respect people man like if mm. you know we don't use that word anymore we've had this discussion 
multiple times and you went and doubled down on I am still using this word. Thank God I don't watch your scenes anymore. Yeah, me too, eh? Theo. Um, you know who Diego Sanz is, eh? I do know, but I just I, I don't have like anything of of value to contribute to this conversation because like you both basically already covered it. Like why um that that t shirt comes to mind, like why be racist? Um and just be quiet. Yeah, and homophobic and transphobic when you can just be quiet and it's like there's really no need um, in this day and age to kind of be that like educate yourself also like the internet the Google is there Google is free just I think it was just ignorant in some way uh, you can't be you can't especially as a queer person yeah, proclaiming ignorance is very such a big part bad. of the but why make thing. even a video saying that I'm not going to apologize it's privilege it's privilege yeah. It's very much looking from a place of privilege and like, yeah, just like where you think it doesn't apply to you and you think you can get away with it because you're exempt from it when you're not. And the thing is, nothing will happen to him. You won't feel any consequences of of this. Yeah, because he's got pretty privilege too. That's the other thing. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, that's, yeah, anyway. What are you watching, Jamal? I'm busy watching Cursed right now. Actually, I'm one episode left. Um, it's okay. I'm not like... It's not one of those Netflix shows where I've been like blown away and I'm like... Mm. Not like the politician where I'm in like there for the, you know, for the long haul. That's cute, but it's not, I, what I would say about these latest Netflix original series is nice having these female protagonists that don't fall into tropes. Um, both with Cursed and Warrior Nun. Even though Warrior Nun, mm, mm, what's her name? Ava. Eva? Ava. 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 Yeah, I've ranted about that girl and like how she's written. Sure, girl, yeah, the last episode you really <laughs> dug in. Uh, but Sabrina's also coming back for last season, praise God. Oof, I'm so glad that show is dying. <sighs> and like, I'm gonna miss Ambrose, but like, wow, Oof, Lord. Like, it's just Sabrina's just such a white woman, my God. Just it became a lot after a while. I was like, oh, like, can you just stop being white womaning your way through things though? Jesus. But yeah, so I'm watching that and then what else? Um, what else? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching anything else at this stage. Except the ongoing drama in the beauty community. Which is, if you want, again guys, if you want to be entertained, don't watch so Jeffy Doctor video. Don't watch his video. Watch the people breaking down the videos. It's very entertaining. I would, I would suggest like watching Smoky Glow's um, breakdown of Jeffrey's non-apology apology. Also, Luke Alexander is actually a fellow South African that lives in Australia. A very tall, sexy, bisexual, sexual man. He's also very informed. Um, um, Amanda also. I think I'm no, not Amanda. Uh, the other one. Fuck, I forgot her name now. It's another uh, black YouTuber that does these great reactions and uh, breaks down a lot of this mess. Um, for, if you didn't watch, basically what happened was Jeffrey said a whole lot of nothing, didn't take accountability, only apologized to James, sort of. Um, then in one breath, while he was busy discussing, essentially calling James a predator and kind of apologizing for that, throwing Tati under the bus, manipulating his audience, decided to throw in Black Lives Matter as a side <laughs> side note. 
Mind you, this man did not post a single link or uh, put a website where you can donate. And then ended this video off by saying, by the way, new products coming August. <gasps> this fucking ghost. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking ghost. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with this Jeffrey Shane thing. Um, black people been telling y'all that these racist people are trash. And I would always say like that, specifically with Jeffrey Jeffrey's a bit more complex. It's, it's again duality. Like on the one hand, Jeffrey has amassed as a, I would say, pseudo non-binary queer person, this empire in the industry, which previously excluded queer people from it. But in the same breath, He's also a racist and it doesn't excuse him from being a racist because yeah. he is a doer actually and i've never liked him fucking ghost face and a manipulator and yeah so go watch the reaction videos they're a lot of fun like if you want to sit for like 30 40 minutes and just listen to these people tear everything jeffrey said to shreds it is so fun i like i get so much joy out of it <laughs> that's what i'm <laughs> has been obsessed um Weirdly enough, like, I think, oh, I, I, I burned through Say I Do on Netflix. Really great. You cry every episode. It's really nice seeing kind of like people get married and like it's the whole, it's sometimes you just need the shows where like it, it gets you emotional. It's really good. But I'm also like, I was very surprised when I stumbled across this um, local Afrikaans show called um, Alice Malan. And it's on Showmax, which is a local streaming service. Um, I was surprised by like how good it is, and that, that might sound very rude and disrespectful, but like it was really nice watching a South African show that, uh, well, Afrikaans show that just really kind of was fun to watch, and it was kind of like serious, but it also felt really very very family friendly, and so. I was surprised. I really enjoyed it. I binged it over two days and I finished the 13 episodes. So it definitely made me more receptive to watching more local content. So that's kind of like something that's now on my list and what I'm keeping an eye out for. It's called Alice Milan. So um, that's if anyone's interested. Uh, Marvin and you? I'm still watching Sex in the City. I'm literally obsessing. Mostly because I can start to actually see a bit of tension between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. Like, for example, if they're walking in the street, they don't touch one another. But when the other girls are touching one another, I'm like, ooh. And I can see also that Kim has less scenes than the other girls, which was a big thing that she was talking about in the, in the interviews, that she, um, you know, um, never had enough scenes with with the other girls and on camera time so yeah i've just been enjoying it guys it's so nice mostly because carrie's problematic because i think she's looking for trouble every single time like for example she has like this wonderful awkward loving guy named aiden and then she starts looking for trouble she starts looking oh do i feel happy am i not happy and then she goes and sleeps with her ex. And then it becomes a whole big thing. And then she tells Aiden about it. And then Aiden breaks up with her. And she's on this downward spiral and dates a 21-year-old. It's very entertaining. In some way, the writing is really good. But also, highly, like I said, highly problematic. 
Yeah, it's aged. It's aged badly. It's a product of its style, and I think yeah. it's kind of like that's always the difficult thing about watching older shows is is that you have to watch it through the lens of what it was created and not through the lens of what we of, of what we where we are now because we've moved past these shows, and so I think it's definitely possible to watch something and enjoy it, but also acknowledge how problematic it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to. to I'm glad you're kind of enjoying it and watching it, but Carrie is very much a white woman, so... What I really want to watch again is Desperate Housewives. Oh, no. Now, I really want to get through uh, that, like, uh, especially in this time. Like, I remember watching uh, no, High School I remember, Musical. No, I, was, I, was, I was in high school, but, like, I was a bit further along in high school, and the first... The problem was brilliant premise, mm. but they dragged that show on way yeah. too long. They and then that whole fight long. happened with... What's the face... Off screen, I remember. Um, um, uh, Nicholas Sheridan. Yes, yes. Um, and then she was weirdly written out, and you could feel yeah. it was weird on the show, and because yeah. the initial premise was so brilliant, and they should have. Unfortunately, this wasn't. This is before the time where we capped shows at a certain. Yeah. Now we, before we had before we would have twenty four episodes a season, and then people would come up with things just to keep a show going and. All that nonsense. Yeah, I remember that. That was season five of this Yeah, she was written out. That storyline was actually quite weird when this man falls in love with her, but she, but he really wanted and to. She was kill, like killed or taken off off screen. Something weird. Yeah, something she weird. she killed herself. Basically. She electrocuted oh, yeah, herself because the show ran hated her. That's why. Yeah. Didn't he Mark slap Shady. her? Yes, Mark Sherry slapped her, and then he she cried that yeah, um, it was assault and blah blah blah. But he said that he she he was literally trying to show her how to do a scene. Yeah, but I remember even like I remember back then that story made it to Eskimo. <laughs> what I couldn't understand about Desperate Housewives is this whole narrative of this woman, you know, telling the story from beyond the grave in some way, which was, like, to me, it was, like, it was written beautifully, you know, Mary Alice Young, you know, did a phenomenal job narrating that show, but, like, I was thinking, uh, realistically, <laughs> but I liked it for what it was, and because the premise was so solid, like, mm. but then when we solved the mystery, they continued the show on, Yeah, and they had to make up things as they went along to create more. Yeah, they created more drama and all the stuff. And and Unnecessary drama. Remember that, remember that hurricane? They one season. Yes! The hurricane or something one season. Yes! It was a season finale, I remember, because this put us twice played and then based on that and played directly yeah. after, does I remember? On Emmy. Yes. Yes! <laughs> Yeah, and it was all this fucking to be continued shit. Right, guys, when we had to wait. <laughs> You're back. Again. Yeah, thank the Lord for globalization. <sighs> when we had to wait. When we had to, you had to be there at 7 pm or you asked you miss your show. I and remember this, but I also started on the dot at half past eight. And this is before the time of Explorer, we can just rewind. <laughs> you had to be <laughs> The 2000s were a dark time. Oh, we lived. Guys, I uh, through the literally through how any, any new music, anyone? I don't have anything. I've actually been listening to Moon now. No idea what that is. It's a, it's like this girl group, guys. Is the K-pop group? I think so. Are they Asian? Yes. Then it's probably K-pop. <laughs> but they so. Or a J-pop group. Theo. Do you know Muna? Luna. Muna. Muna. No, I don't know Muna. I know Luna, but I don't know Muna. Okay. Luna? What the fuck her name is? I don't know her. <laughs> but I've been listening to Muna. 
Um, I've listened to a, to their whole album. It's very nice. It's you know like a bit of quality Egyptian music, but it's fine. I'm still listening to the Amazon soundtrack, so I just. Oh, you're fucking dark. Jamal, you need to find new music, eh? I, I watch Hamilton. This is Jamal in the morning. I don't <laughs> This is Jamal at night. To, to your sister. <laughs> and like. Oh, no, I don't know. No, at least it's like Angelica, Eliza. And then Jamal. So, so, so. <laughs> this is what it feels like tonight. <laughs> with some little put the hands catch. And it's all that ill day. <laughs> new Music Friday needs to drop so you can yeah. get your new um, Girl, you don't understand. I go through this with my favorite. I went through this with Rent. I went through this with Wicked, which I did see on Broadway, by the way. Fantastic show. Flex, go flex. Um. I should have actually gone and watched Hamilton too. I'm actually really annoyed now with myself looking back. I should have wangled my job to get tickets for that damn show. Because watching it now on Disney Plus, I'm like, damn it, I should have done something. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm just listening to the Hamilton soundtrack because like, I'm busy dissecting everything um, because I just got on the train. So please excuse me when I post no one, me. Um, Hello! <laughs> I put myself back in the narrative. Yeah, you've been listening to new music. You were yeah. on this yeah. whole Twitter rant, I think. Or well, more my IG thing. story. I'm posting like a lot of music there because I realized my IG, I wasn't using my IG for crap. Um, so <laughs> I was like, let me actually find a way to keep myself happy. And sharing music, funnily enough, is actually something that keeps me happy. So I've been really enjoying uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wives. They dropped a new song called um, um, Super Bloom, I think it is. And then also um, Tom Mish, our favorite um, white boy was soul. And um, Yusuf, the song What Kind of Music, but the Jordan Reiki remix is also really good. And then locally, I've also been enjoying um, Jimmy Nevis. Um, his song with Max Tyler, um, The Reprise, um, Back to Me, that was really good. Like it's, so I really seem to be doing like um, some Sunday vibes, kind of like, um, and like club dance music and stuff. So, because it's make me, making me miss the time we were in the club. So, but yeah, that's kind of like the three songs I've really been jamming to a lot obviously um k-pop music but it's like a taboo word in this household so we don't bring it up um let's not go there um <laughs> you joking so, yeah. either now fun so yeah and then i don't know Morgan, have you been what else you've been listening to some stuff but i'm just not sure i've been listening to moona you say uh, anything else no i think there was something there was something else there was another song, but I can't remember the name. Okay. Okay, anyway. Final thoughts. See ya. Um, we seem to be getting better at this, guys. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's really nice to kind of like do this with all three of us and stuff, so I'm enjoying that. Funnily enough, uh, we actually also realized... <gasps> Who? <laughs> Marvin's chair almost crashed, guys. That was... That would have been hilarious. Um, we also just realized that like we didn't actually do any for sort of introduction episode, so um, we'll get around to that eventually and uh, just give you a bit more insight into who we are as people. But um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. This is fun. Um, I don't think there's anything else I want to say except can 
Mr. Coco be just in the tour, guys. Yeah. I'm tired. Yes. Um, we we tired of this girl. You've made a name for yourself. History books will remember you. Now, please let stop holding us hostage. Thank you. Mom. Other than stay safe, guys, and please watch Six in the City and send me your thoughts. What do you think about the show? Yeah, let us know. Tweet at us if you want a, um, an email address to kind of send in um, kind of like your agony on situations or just like stories you want to share with us or actually tweet us if we kind of like, you know, we'll give our handles at the end. But, Drop your um, phone number. But yeah, I'll tell you now. But yeah, so um, Jamal? I just, yet again, I want to just again remind everyone, 31st July. <laughs> Like this thing is dropping. If you are mutual or you follow me and you only plan on watching it on the first, mute me because I will not be holding back. I will be live tweeting with the rest of the hive. So if you don't want to have chest pains, if you don't want to breathe through the wound, because this is not drag race, I'm not, this is not going to be courteous me tweeting vague, um, you know, being good, just reaction memes. This will be clips, spoilers, um, thoughts and feelings, uh, everything in between for, I think it's this, the, the visual album is 84 minutes. Um, so prepare yourself, I'm, and I'm warning you, it's, no, this is a week in advance, I'm warning you how it's a week in advance. Please, if you don't plan on watching on the 31st, mute me or mute the hashtag, that is Beyonce. Black is king. Mute it, or you will be spoiled. And I'm not taking responsibility for you and your hurt feelings. <laughs> but and but yeah. Also, be safe, guys. Ugh. It's getting we're in. It doesn't look like it's gonna end pretty soon. So like, just keep your mental health in check. Even though I know we all, you know that meme with that chip holding the door closed. I know we're all there, but like, let's just keep that door closed. Until we get out of this, this forced upon nightmare. So yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, well, not really Facebook. On Instagram and on Twitter, that's going to be most prevalent. So um, Jamal, do you want to drop your handle? It's Jamal DNG on all platforms. Or just search for simply Jamal. Simply J, so you'll find me. Okay, and Marvin, <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at MarvinCharles17. And on Instagram, Marvin M. Charles. And you can find me at the Lion Matters across both. Um, so yeah, um, tweet us, let us know what you think. Um, we don't bite. Well, Jamal might throw shade. That's just standard. Um, but thanks for coming. Don't right now. <laughs> Go, please, you're not iffy. <laughs> wow, making me scream of ads and anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a great episode and that's a wrap. Bye guys. See you.